We are a church that is open to everyone. No matter where people come from and regardless of their history, here everyone finds a home. The needs of our society compel us to compassionate action. We are known for our generosity, lending a helping hand and not turning our backs. We are a compassionate church that gives our very best for God. Everybody, welcome to church on this special day. We are over here. Can you see us? Yes, but I can't hear you. Can you see us? Ah, voila. Welcome to our special day. We have our Art Sunday. And I want to make you a compliment that you came to church today. The sun is shining outside. And you came to church and you let the sun shine into your heart. So you have both. Sun on your skin and sun into your heart. That's amazing. Give yourself a hand. <laughs> Dave, welcome to the interview. So we want to talk about, uh, on this Art Sunday, we want to talk about why is creativity so important for us as a church. And I want to pass this interview question to my friend Dave Cole. Are you ready already for the interview? Yeah, my ears because, are ringing, but it's coming. Really? Yeah, it was very loud, actually. But we want to give you some insights, what, why we do what we do, and uh, we want to show you how, uh, how we are working in the creative area. Dave, why it's so important? Well, I believe that creativity or arts in general can reach spots in our hearts that a normal talk um, just wouldn't do. So I believe God is a creator, he's a performer even. So if he creates heaven and earth, all these miracles in the Bible, he's a real performer actually. So I believe um, it helps us to, to, uh, to let these truths that he speaks, that, that we read in the Bible, that they enter our hearts and stay there. If we, if we feel them, if we, if we feel them in our hearts and through, through stuff that you can't touch and just go straight to your soul and your feelings. So you are 18 years on staff and um, as long we can think, we always on Tuesday, we are sitting in these meetings and we plan these series, these preaching series and try to bring the creativity into it. And then you're writing songs and sometimes you learn a song just for sing one time on stage isn't it too hard? Can, you, can, can it be easier? Why are you doing that? That's a funny question I ask myself sometimes. <laughs> because, <laughs> um, but then I remind myself why. It's two things. First, I'm an artist. That's how I work. So if I can, um, if I can create, if I can uh, perform, if I can sing my heart out, I experience God in that, so I, that's what I want to do to really reach that um, sweet spot with my in my relationship with Jesus. And second, I believe that's the point. I uh, that's what I said before that it touches people's heart and helps them to um, 
to understand biblical truth and the heart of the Father better if they see pictures, if they hear it, if they smell it, feel it. And the stories of people uh, being touched um, drives me as well because I see it's not in vain. It's something happens and that uh, motivates me very much to give my best. Interesting. So one song you wrote with your team uh, reached more than one million clicks on Spotify. I mean, that's a milestone. Let's give a hand. Yeah, that's really a milestone for us, our church. And my question is, what does it make with your heart? Um, well, it, as you said, it's a milestone and we are really good at celebrating these because you taught us. I was not very good at that because if you do what you know you're supposed to do, sometimes my type forgets to celebrate that because what it really does with my heart, it is um, kind of one word that comes to my mind is, is justice. I think God is restoring something that should be the way it should be. So it doesn't surprise me. God, I'm not saying God cannot do that, but until now, it, he didn't surprise me yet with something, uh, with a milestone that, that happened, because I think it's the natural uh, run of things that God has put us on, on earth to make a difference and to move the gospel forward. So every little milestone is like, yes, finally, and more to come, hopefully. Yes. So, tell us more about the creative process. We have a lot of illustration on the stage. Does it all come from Pastor Leo? Does he bring all the ideas? And tell us more about that. Well, a lot of ideas actually really come from Leo because it's not like a, 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 a talk show host who's ha who has like a thousand writers and, and give, that give him jokes and, and stuff. He's really a creative person, actually, and brings a lot of ideas and a lot of, of pictures that he, he wants to, to, um, to, to show what, what, what he wants to, us to teach and to know. But then um, he, they, they plan the series, like we, have, we work with series like Jacob or Joseph and and all these guys, or, or um, marriage, or relationships. So this is clear months in advance, and then it, go, it comes into our team as creative department heads, and we think about it, we ponder about it, and we, we um, brainstorm, actually, to find pictures and songs and whatever to bring across the message in a good, creative way, so it sinks into the heart. Then it goes into the different uh, level down into different um, departments to make it happening so that it's not just a dream we could do that but we try it out yeah thank you dave so malo um, you love beauty when i went with you to the vision trip we were so slow because you took everywhere pictures you saw everywhere beauty and you took a picture so hey simon come and see this and you see this wall you made our office as well very beautiful. You have a beautiful wife. What's behind that? Why do you love beauty? Good question. Um, uh, sometimes I feel like when I see something beautiful, it reminds me that God has created uh, heaven and earth and it was good. And man broke 
the whole creation. And so when I see something beautiful, it reminds me of God's creation. And he also, it seems to me that if someone is preparing a meal in a beautiful way, with a lot of love, then I can see beauty in that. So I would say that when something beautiful is created, it, it's actually love made visible. And so I experience um, somehow uh, just good emotions when I see beautiful things, and sometimes they remind me of God. Yeah. And as well, I feel like, uh, you know, when you get married, when you go to a wedding, the bridegroom and the bride wants to be beautiful because they love each other. So we are the bride of Jesus. And so I dream of a beautiful church that is full of expression of love. So that's basically my heart behind beauty. And I just love to have uh, nice surroundings, nice interior designs, and yeah, all kinds of nice things uh, are good for me. Yes, you really make our church more beautiful, it's great. So Malo, tell us more about what's going on in the youth. You are the youth pastor, and there is also really creativity pumping. Tell us more about that. Yeah, when I started to be a youth pastor in ICF nine, almost 10 years ago, I had a vision in my mind what I want to see uh, happening in the church, especially in the youth. And I always had the feeling that we should try to create a, a, an atmosphere of love, of acceptance that creates um, something that makes that people want to try out uh, their gifts. So if you have never uh, wrote a song before, you don't know if you're able to write a song. So you just have to give it a try. And then you see, oh, that's my element. Or, it's not my talent, and you move on. So we're trying to create a playground within the youth, especially in our camps. We just try to provide a lot of workshops, and we're trying to create an atmosphere where kids can um, just play around and find the element that God has given to them. So I brought a little video clip from our winter camp. I want to just comment on the clip, um, if we could bring that. So that's a winter camp. We go uh, to Melsefrut. It's beautiful within the mountains. And so we have like 220 teenagers exiting. And so we have a lot of different playgrounds. So this is a creative playground where people have cameras, red cameras, iPads, computers. But we also have other places that we create. So some kids, they just go on a slope. They go snowboarding, skiing. And they are just having fun doing some sport activities. We have like crazy parties. Um, we have like a lounge where people just um, talk to each other. So uh, uh, in the last winter camp, we had over 100 workshops that where people could learn how to start a business, how to do like an event management. So they would learn everything, basically everything. When they register on the website, they could say, I want to learn this. I want to learn acting. So we're trying to bring professionals who teach the youth to uh, act. And so we see a lot of fruit out of that just because people, they find not only their talents or a hobby, they find their calling, they find like their, even their jobs through things that they do in the church. So I'm really proud of the kids who are just developing their potential. So for example, two weeks ago, we had like a 16 year old who would have um, uh, presenting all his picture in, in an art gallery. 
Um, I've never heard of a young person that age presenting their pictures. And we have a lot of talents within the church that uh, can even grow more when they're here at ICF celebration or even if they go out into the business. So that's my heart behind the whole thing, yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing what's going on in the youth. So we have a gentleman here. That's hockey. Maybe you don't know him as, as a good because he's in the back. But he is a very important person for us. You are the leader of the audio ministry. And you are also involved uh, around Nico Bachmann for uh, creating the musical. But he's not on staff. But he works so hard for our church. And really thank you for everything you do, Hagi. That's amazing. And my question is... Today, tell us about the process. Um, how is a musical process? How do you do that? So basically, we start uh, quite right after Eastern, after Eastern musicals. Some weeks later, we start to think about the new musical. So we had like already ten meetings for next year, for the next production. And what we do? Is that true? So the the musical it was. Yeah. And you already had ten meetings. Yeah till now and there are a lot of meetings to come of course it's a lot of work so what happens is a little team starts to look for a story of the bible that we can bring it to these days so we try to keep the message originally as possible and to transfer it to these days to help people especially people that don't read the bible really often and don't go to church to understand the message behind the story of the bible and then we discuss how can we create a story, uh, what setting would fit to it, what stage design do we need, and so on, what chore uh, choreography, what music would fit to it, how we, can we create the atmosphere, and do a lot of planning, uh, we create timetables, we rehearse a lot, and so starts the creation process that lasts uh, not a whole year, but uh, like 11 months. So my, so my question is, uh, how do you bring all these pictures you have from your creative brains, how do you bring that finally on stage? That's a firework we see. Our goal is to create for every scene an atmosphere that people can understand the story, not just with their eyes or their mind, but with all their heart. So we discuss a lot of, of these pictures, but how can we create them? So we talk about colors, about the music, about movement on stage, about costumes, everything. And we have Michele who uh, designs uh, some scribbles. So he designs already some ideas how it could look on stage, stage design and so on. That really helps us, but we take a lot of pictures and search them on the internet and videos and so on to just discuss the feelings that we want to create at our, uh, for the visitors in this scene. And that helps us to create the whole atmosphere. For example, last musical, we had this uh, story that was played in Italy. So we decided to place a, a coffee machine just right behind us, uh, just to help people smell coffee and to make the link to Italy. Or there was a shoe cleaner in the, the hall, and when you can feel that someone is cleaning your shoes, not during the show, of course, but before the show, it helps you remind the story because you felt something and didn't just see or heard something. Or what I really liked, there was a guy on stage during the play, he had to eat uh, spaghetti. 
and the sauce for the spaghetti was made was handmade for every show every day and so the first two uh, or three rows could smell the spaghetti sauce and that really helps creating atmosphere and that helps to touch the heart of the people and make something that lasts forever that's very interesting to know that what's behind so Hagi, um, is it for everybody or is it only for the pros if it would be just for the pros michaela and me wouldn't work for musicals <laughs> because we are not pros at all so it's really for everyone we uh, looked at have you have on two events we call it performance days one was just a couple of weeks ago the next one is on 22nd september uh, this performance day we get to know people who'd like to and know more and learn more about musical, about performing on stage, like acting, singing, uh, dancing. And there is a good chance to get to know new people who'd like to uh, act on stage. But of course, we um, have a big need for people all around in the production for making costumes, for hairdressing, for creating the stage design, building things, and so on and so on. So I think we, we're going to find a place for everyone that likes to, to help with the musical. Yes, very interesting. Thank you, Hagi. Say greetings from us to your team. I'll do. <laughs> That's amazing what you do. So we have another gentleman here. That's a good friend of mine. We meet uh, every morning to have a swim in the lake because we live in the same village. That's Michele Stricker. He is not only um, uh, a social worker, he is also an artist in his heart. So, and I saw when you listen to the message, you are always painting in your book. Why are you doing that? I do this to be active and listen the words, and so the words can come to my heart and the head. Yes. That's great. So now, after uh, Susan, when, when Susanna is preaching, we can see over your shoulder how you are painting life. So that's very a personal moment and I'm looking forward to it because it's very interesting and touching, but how is it for you? So it's an honor to uh, draw, <laughs> but it's also uh, really um, uh, makes me a little bit nervous because I have paints or uh, draw uh, pictures that I like of me. And I have uh, pictures, then I took to the paper basket. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, but it's what I will do today, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. That's so great that we can have a look how you do that and be touched by it. So my last question for you, Dave, is uh, all these years on stage, when you sing, we see your strength but we also can feel your fragile, fragileness as a person. And I know you very well, and I know that um, life is going up and down, and sometimes you need to go on stage and perform and lead people to, in worship, and you don't feel like doing it. How do you handle that gap? Yes, I believe it's two things. One... Um, because I built my relationship with, with God the whole week, not just Sunday, my roots go really deep. So if I have a, a drought, even if it's one, two weeks, and I, I don't feel really um, quite myself, 
um, I still can drink from the water that is really, really down there because I learned to to grow my roots deep into Jesus. And two, even if my soul might uh, feel shaky and I might feel um, blue, there's a place deep within, I mean, the, the, the core of the core, uh, where Jesus is, where the Holy Spirit dwells, and that's where the peace of God is. So actually, I'm always quite all right because the peace is here. Thank you, Dave. When you send your spirit, they are created. You give new life to the earth. When you turn your face away from them, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. What turned to dust in your life? Which area feels like lifeless not alive anymore, or maybe even dead. Which area you need new power, you need new life. Maybe it's your motivation, maybe it's your health, maybe it's the area of how you feel about your partner or your family or how you think about your job, or maybe the way you experience God feels like dust, feels like not alive anymore. Which area is it that you feel like falling apart or missing a, a living peace in it? We all know that we cannot change our circumstances, but we have something that we can change. It's the way we think about the situations or the way, the, the attitudes behind it. And what I love is that the Bible is full of miracles that have taken place. And today, I love to inspire each and every one of us with one of the miracles that is written in the Bible. It's from the prophet Elijah, and it's one of the most well-known prophets in Israel, and it's the one who asked for the double blessing. And he had a guest room in the house of a family that was a wealthy family. I think they could buy whatever they wanted to, but they had no children. And one day, while Elijah was traveling and passing by this house, he stayed there and he prayed for the, for, for the wife. And the wife got pregnant and she gave birth to a baby boy. And they were all happy. And the baby boy, they grew to a boy, but one day he was sick. And finally, he died. 
The mother took the boy and she laid it on the, on the bed, on the guest room from Elijah, closed the door, did not tell her husband anything about it, and then rode on a donkey and got Elijah. And what happened then, we could read in 2 Kings chapter 4, um, verse 32 and the following. There it says, when Elijah reached the house, there was the boy laying dead on his bed. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to the mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. This is one of the healing, one of the resurrection power miracles that happen in the Bible. And the question today is, what or does this miracle want to tell us something today? When you have your own situation in, in your inner eyes, maybe you remembered part that felt dusty or that feels dusty, that feels lifeless or even feels death in your life. What wants this miracle tell us about his mouth on the mouth of the boy, the eyes of Elijah on the eyes of the boy, the hands of Elijah on the hands of the boy. The eyes could be a remembrance of the way we see things. The mouth is a symbol of the way we speak about things and the hand is a sign of the way we treat or handle things. And it's interesting, actually these three things may, play a major part when it comes in terms of God who created the world. He used his eyes, he used his mouth, and he used his hands. He saw things and then he spoke the word and the world happened. And then he took the clay and he formed us human beings and we came alive. So if we are created in the image of God, we have the same three things that are also that we have and we can use for good or for bad. And today we want to get inspired of these three things that God, the Creator, created the whole earth and we can change with just the way we see, the way we speak and the way we handle things. We can change not the circumstances, but the way we, the, our attitude towards our circumstances. When we think about that we are going, for example, all of us to a museum and we see a beautiful art piecework from maybe Pablo Picasso and I guess no one of us would open the mouth and criticize this great art piece. But sometimes when we stand in front of the mirror and see 
ourselves in the mirror, how many times do we say, oh, I don't like that, I, this is not good, I don't like this. And what we actually do is we criticize the most big creator of the universe. Isn't that crazy? And we need healing in the way we look at things, we see things. We need healing in the way we speak about things. And we need healing in the way we treat or in the way we handle things. It happened that I prayed for a friend of mine. And while I was praying, I saw a picture in my inner eye. I saw that um, wings are growing in her back. And I mean, this is great to see something like that, but I thought, oh, this is like, you know, a religious picture. You always see that, nothing special. I, I could not think of what this picture really wants to tell me until a couple days later, I read uh, a Bible verse of one of my big pile Bible verses I collected. I read this Bible verse from um, Josiah 40, where it says, those who trust the Lord, they will grow wings like eagles. And all of a sudden, I did not only have a picture of what was happened with that girl I prayed for, but also I had the words to it, the, the promises from the Bible, and both connected were so strong and so powerful. And I realized it really matters the way we see things, it really matters the way we speak about things and it really matters the way we handle or the way we treat things. And maybe today, when you think of your situation, of your part of your life that, is, that feels dusty, that feels lifeless, that feels even death, how you look at it, how you speak at it, it makes a difference how you handle it. I am sure you all have recognized that Leo is traveling much more than he used to. The last couple of years, he is all around the world and he has invitations worldwide to speak. And because our boys are almost grown up, they are 17 and 19, I can join him more and more. And you may think this is a great thing for me, but... To be honest, I really don't like traveling. I find it so exhausting to sit in the airplane for so long, several years, uh, no, several times a year, flying back and forth to the whole world. And, and you know, I, I really don't like it. I feel exhausted. It, it costs a lot of, it's stressful actually. Last October, we were away off-road for three weeks and all of a sudden, I realized I am complaining about traveling all the time. I don't speak positive about traveling. I just speak so negative about it. And I realized, actually, I need healing the way I speak about traveling. And a couple months later, 
I realized that when it comes in terms of traveling, I just look at some pieces, at, at some parts of traveling that are really stressful and that are really exhausting. But there is much more about it. But I just see the parts that I don't like. I don't see the beautiful country we could visit. I don't see the, the, the friendships we build, the culture, the new cultures that we get to learn because, and, and the way they experience God and the way they live out their faith. I have not seen that and I realized I need healing in the way I see the traveling. And all of a sudden I thought, what would happen if God puts his eyes on my eyes and heals the way I see the traveling ministry of us? What would happen if God puts his mouth on my mouth and healing comes and it gets warmer and life comes in it where I feel no life at all and, and I start to speak different about traveling. I start to speak positive about traveling. All of a sudden I thought, maybe, maybe no longer I will sit there and do nothing and listen to his messages all the time uh, when we are in other churches and, and I don't know what to do just to join Leo. But maybe when God heals the way I see traveling, when God heals the way I speak about traveling, then he touches also my hands and also life comes in it and all of a sudden I have something to do while we are traveling. Because God gives us his ability to create, to, to be creative with the eyes, with the mouth, and also with the hands. Your situation might be different. But the things that feel so dead and feel so lifeless in your life, imagine what would happen if God puts his eyes on your eyes and all of a sudden, the way you see things would change. And if God puts his mouth on your mouth, and all of a sudden, the way you speak about yourself or your circumstances or your finances or your job or whatever would change. And all of a sudden, it would change what you touch with your hands, what you treat with your hands. All of a sudden, they, the hands will be, feel warm and life will feel in it. And the whole circumstances changes. And we have it really in our hands, what happens in our lives. We can change our attitudes. And you know how? It says in 2 King, chapter 4, verse 35, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And I think today, for some of us, maybe for all of us, it's time to sneeze. When we think of sneezing, we think of the great noise. How do you say in English? Achoo. Achoo. But actually, it's not only that reaction, you. Actually, there are two things. You breathe in 
you inhale a lot of air and then the muscle builds so much power, 170 kilometers an hour, and then uh, exhale with a, with, with a strong power and, and remove the particles in the nose that, that don't belong there and that they don't go away with just normal breathing. Do you want to inhale this air from God, the breath of God, in order to exhale what, what, what is hindering that you can come alive in that part that feels dusty, in that part that feels dead? What feels dusty, lifeless in your life? We cannot change the circumstances but we can change our attitude and we can let the eyes of God be on our eyes, His mouth on our mouth, His hands on our hands. And I love to pray for that. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. You gave all you had your whole life for us in order that we can come alive. And here I am with the part of my life that feels dusty, that feels lifeless, that feels death. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you touch with your eyes, my sight, my eyes. That you touch with your mouth, my mouth, so that I can speak in a positive way. That the way I speak changes, Lord Jesus. And I ask you that you put your hands on my hand, your hand that has a hole on it and says, I, di I died for you so you can be alive. And I, will f I, and I long to feel your warmth from your body. I long to feel your intimacy in my life in order that I can see the way you see things, in order that I can speak the, your truth and, and what is really true for my life and for my, for my family and for my job and for my finances and for my health, and that I can touch and, and, and treat things the way you would do it. Lord Jesus, I ask you for the same miracle in my own life, in Jesus' name. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand and I'm going to sing again, sing again, sing again. 
Fear loves to limit you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your po 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 potential and fear always wants to limit you. But every everlasting change starts with the Word of God. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold, face, and please don't give up.